You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the midweek slash post week uh, <laughs> mailbag. Uh, this is where we answer your Detroit Lions questions live. Obviously, since we had a midweek game, we had to wait until after the midweek game to do the midweek podcast. So here we are Saturday morning after the Lions Thanksgiving day game. Ready to break that down. Ready to answer any questions. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am one half of the midweek mailbag. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter with me. Uh, as always, to answer some of your questions, the managing editor of Pride of Detroit at Eric Schlitt on Twitter. Eric Schlitt. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing well. How was the rest of your Thanksgiving? Busy. You know, it's nice to uh, it's nice to get home, see the fam. And uh, since then, <laughs> I, uh, I had a couple comments to say uh, on Twitter, but uh, but yeah. For the most part, um, uh, it was it was uh, it was nice, you know. Like, I think the game left people with a lot of mixed emotions, yeah. and I think that that's uh, completely natural. And so, that was a process, you know. You got to you had to you processed it that night, um, maybe up even into uh, to Friday, and um, yeah, here we are on here Saturday, are. reshifting our focus. That's right. And trying not too much to think about the other game that's happening later today, but uh, what game? What game? Okay, I, I don't know. No, <clears throat> no comment. By the time people are listening to this on the podcast, they already know what happened. So, um, <laughs> yay or dang it. Um, anyways, let's uh, let's go straight into the mailbag. Uh, we we've had, I, I think, at least five questions on one specific player. So I think I'm just going to form all of those questions into one, and let's talk about James Houston. And yeah. first, I guess the first question I have, which is one that a lot of people have, is there an immediate concern about losing him to being poached after playing five snaps, but getting two sacks? Yeah, I mean, certainly. Right. Right. I mean, like, I, I think there's 31 teams that that watch that game and they're going to be looking at him and saying, I think I can do something with him, which is exactly the reason he got drafted. Right. right. So, yeah. Um he has a pretty minimal contract, and if you have a specific need as a as a pass rusher, I think that's a it's a pretty legitimate concern. Now, at the same time, there's a big learning curve he still has to go through, right? He self admitted, uh, yeah. right? Uh, but yeah, I think there's 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 enough concern that uh, that the lines really need to be considering what they're going to do with him. Okay, well, let, let's get into that then. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure if I if like if someone's ready to poach him Monday. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know. We'll see. But 
just to, to give clarity on the situation, in case you don't know, the Lions temporarily elevated him for Thursday's game, which means by now he is already back on the practice squad. Um, that's just yeah. the way the, the, the new elevation rules work. They could have signed him to the 53, but um, this way that he gets a free pass back to the practice squad for now. Um, mm-hmm. But the rules state that anyone can poach a player off a practice squad and sign him to their 53. They can't sign him practice squad to practice squad. But whenever a team also expresses interest in that, the Lions have an opportunity themselves to sign them to their own 53. Um, So with all that being said, what do the Lions do? Because I think they're kind of in an interesting spot with edge because, okay, Mm -hmm. you probably lost Julian for some extended period of time. So, okay, you could maybe do a one for one swap there, but Josh Pascal is probably coming back at some point soon. Romeo Mm Quara is definitely coming back at some point Mm -hmm. soon. Um, Wait, where does where does Justin Houston fit here? Um, mm-hmm. Charles Harris, right? Another guy injured hasn't been playing. Even if you promote James Houston to the fifty three, is there really a spot for him on the defense when this team is mm-hmm. healthy? Well, I think it all hinges on Julian, right? I sure. mean, if Julian's out, you need there's a role for a pass rushing linebacker, and, and that's something that they, I think they've introduced and utilized every week. And so if Julian's out, you really don't have one. Um, I mean, Pittman can do it. Jared Davis can do it. Yeah. Uh, but really, Houston is 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 a different cat, right? So, um, yeah, I think a lot hinges on Julian. And, and so if, if you think Julian's going to be out for a couple of weeks, then, yeah, I think it's worth it to, to, to try and make that move. Um, I think with Romeo coming back, I think it's a separate entity because they kind of play different roles, even though it's both the edge. Yeah. I think Austin Bryant should be looking over his shoulder uh, at, 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 uh, at, at Romeo. Uh, but here's the thing. Keep in mind on Monday, Trinity Benson goes off the uh, off the roster and they're going to have an open spot. And so if they feel the pressure, they can easily just sign him right then. And they have an open spot and they won't have to make a move. Now, when Jameson's ready to come back, you have to make a move then. Yep. Uh, but th- th- you can you can kind of kick that can down the road. So for me, though, um, they've introduced this pass rushing edge and and they've relied on it pretty consistently with Julian. And so if he's not there, yeah, Romeo is is your next best op- or uh, I'm sorry, James Houston right. is your next best option. Yeah, the the tricky thing I think with him and and it's one thing that I, I still think goes a little bit overlooked with with Julian is is his ability to drop into coverage and mm-hmm. not that Julian's excellent at it but he's done it for a while he's got the athleticism mm-hmm. to do it. james houston has the athleticism to do it he just hasn't sure and i know he has a, a linebacker background obviously mm-hmm. too so it's not a complete foreign concept to him but i think his his bread and butter in the nfl is going to be brushing the passer yeah and at the same time like i there's gonna be a lot of fans screaming he played linebacker at florida right they moved him for a reason poorly okay <laughs> like, 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 they tr- like i mean they tried him at linebacker you. here in they training did. camp and they're like no yeah. that ain't it yeah he, he's not there yet. Now, could he be? Absolutely. Is he there now? No. Um, we we now, also don't really know because we never exactly. Practice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we've seen him in camp, right? Yeah. We've seen what what we saw in camp. He right. wasn't there. Correct. Now, over the last two months, has he progressed? He absolutely could have, and we right. aren't privy to that. Uh, but the last time we saw him, he was not capable, and so that's fine. Um, he said he wasn't ready. He's getting ready. He looked. Uh, He's in that role. He is very good. And that's something that I think we've said throughout camp too, in this very specific role. He is very good right now. Can he be better? Absolutely. Is that worth the gamble? Yes. That's why they drafted him. Um, But 
you get two sacks on on six or two sacks on six snaps, and uh, you're going to get attention. And the thing that the the beyond the play, the thing that's really stood out to me is the way that coaches are talking about him. Because oh yeah, about a month ago we heard Dan Campbell say like, "Yep, I, I want an opportunity to see what he can do at some point this season." Mm-hmm. So he, he got that. Um, yep. Kelvin Shepard said, and this is this is the one that really stuck out to me. Kelvin Shepard's like, "Go ask Panay." Go ask Taylor Decker, who's been giving mm-hmm. their lives hell in practice. Mm-hmm. It's James Houston. Mm-hmm. And so you're just like, oh, okay. Maybe maybe I will go talk <clears> to <throat> Taylor Decker next week and see what mm-hmm. he has to say about this guy. Because, yeah, that's to me, that's really interesting. Because those guys, like, I know a lot of the focus after Thursday's game is on the guards. Those tackles are still playing their asses off and playing oh, yeah. at a really high level. And if 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 James well, Houston is giving those guys trouble, that's good news. <laughs> If you're the type of player that is giving starters problems in practice, yeah, then you are the type of player that's going to last. The last you're going to make, you're going to have a role in the NFL. The last person that we heard from the practice squad that was an absolute terror um, was Jason Cabinda. Cabinda, yeah, I knew you were going there. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, like he was just a massive problem as a linebacker, and they were like, we have to find a spot for him because he's just too. Good. His work ethic is too high. He's they loved his character. I mean, like there were so many things about him. And and when you work like that and you cause problems based on effort, you find a role. And so I'm not saying they're going to switch him to fullback. I'm I think he is what he is in in this role. But you're gonna when you work like that, you're gonna find a job. All right. Uh, from one young exciting player that we're just <clears throat> starting to scratch the surface of to another. Uh. Ian Rappaport dropped a very interesting tweet on Thursday that we almost ran with, but we weren't, but we decided it wasn't steady enough. But people are wondering the likelihood of seeing Jamison Williams this upcoming week against Jacksonville because Ian Rappaport tweeted, let me quote it. The Lions obviously won't have rookie Jamison Williams today, but as soon as he returns from a torn uh, ACL, he's, but as he looks to return from a torn ACL in college, he's coming soon. This week wasn't a full speed practice, but next week's will be. If he makes it through unscathed, there's a good chance he's activated. Yeah, I'm not even worried about what Rappaport says. I'm looking at what the Lions do. Sure. And the fact that the Lions activated him on a week where they weren't even full practice tells me that they want to get him going, right? Yeah. Which means I absolutely think he's eligible. Uh, yeah, Rappaport, whatever. Uh, but like, <laughs> like honestly, if you read the tea leaves of what the Lions do, yeah, he could be good to go. Like they've been doing, they return these guys from reserve lists, and then it's like two weeks, and then you're gone. You don't activate him on a Thanksgiving week if you're weird. not planning on bringing him back ASAP. And so I, I, I am on that ship of he's coming back for Jacksonville. Yeah, it, it. I mean, it. There aren't a lot of other ways to interpret bringing him back in a week <laughs> right. that they're not practicing, right? Right. It seems right. like an absolute waste of the 20 of, you know, seven days of his 24 or 21 day window. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but I'm, I, I guess I've just, I've not, I'm considering how slow they've acclimated people who haven't, pra- I mean, dude hasn't practiced mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. with the lines and you're, Here. you're essentially going to give him three and then get him going. Yeah. Well, I, again, I'm going to go back to, reading what the coaches say and putting my own little interpretation on it. Yeah. He can do one thing that no one else on the roster can do. And that is flat out run. Sure. And Campbell talked about that. Look, he's like, yeah, it's going to take him a while to get used to this and this and this, 
but he can run. And like <laughs> right. that, and that's what they're going to want. They're yeah. going to want to put him up there and be like, catch me. Right. And so look, who's vulnerable? Mm, probably Mr. Reliable Tom Kennedy. But uh, unless, you know, they don't have to make the move on Houston, then that Trinity spots there. Sure. But, um, but I think you're looking at, uh, what I, I'm probably going to return in Jacksonville. I'm going to pull up the schedule here just so I have it. Minnesota but after that. Minnesota, you're probably going to get, yeah, so you're probably going to get what, like 12, 15 snaps max against Jacksonville. Yeah. Minnesota, you're going to start opening it up to like 20, 30, right? And then after that, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, Jets, Panthers, those that last last month, you might be able to just unleash them. Let them go. At that Four point. full that's, games. That's, Mm-hmm. That's 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 the acclimation window that I'm looking at. Okay, that's optimistic. I I I don't. I guess I don't necessarily <clears throat> disagree with this because of the same reason. I just I can't figure out why else you would activate them during a, a walkthrough week. So we'll <laughs> see. You're playing them. I'm that's trying why. trying not to get my hopes up too much because <laughs> uh, we know what that usually results in with this team. But uh, but okay. So n- I'm gonna move to. A more negative question, but I think it's it's a fair one, um, okay. and, and and I've seen a lot of people kind of bring up this point. Um, the end of the, the end of the Lions Bills game, um, Jared Goff's last pass is the missed deep shot on third and one. Josh mm-hmm. Allen, on the other hand, hits a big thirty nine yarder to to basically set up the game winning score. So Larry yep. M asked on Twitter, "Does the final throw by each quarterback tell us everything we need to know about our approach to drafting a quarterback in April?" Well, here's the thing. Josh Allen is one of the top two <laughs> quarterbacks right in the NFL. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you can draft, if you can draft Josh Allen, yeah, absolutely do it. I don't care who your quarterback Will is. Will Levis. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I just said that to, to bother you because I know you don't like all of the comparisons <laughs> he's already getting to, to Josh Allen. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyway, uh, Yes, Josh Allen is an elite quarterback. I mean, there's no way around it, right? Like, and and they played that defense right. They caught uh, they caught the defense in, in a wrong coverage. They put their best guy up against um, uh, Will Harris, who who is you know it's 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 a hard matchup for him to try and cover Stephon Diggs. We've talked we talked about that leading up to the game. Yeah. So they put themselves in the right situation. They. They put it on Josh Allen's shoulders, and he's got the arm strength to make that that throw, and he did. And so, yeah, I mean, that's what you expect from a team like Buffalo because that's where they're at. And, you know, it's not like they were – it's not like Josh Allen was Josh Allen when he was drafted either. Like, they, they've built their team to be this good. Um, at the same time, I do agree that that I think Goff's ceiling is – we we maybe we've seen it. Right. Um, Like, I don't know how many times you can say, like, you know, I I, I didn't my accuracy was off on that throw. You know what I mean? Uh, In your breakdown of that play, you wrote that. um, If they're going to keep trying this play, uh, you know, it, it does make sense to keep trying to play if you've never been successful at this play. And and realistically, they haven't. And so that's that's one of the biggest issues I have with the play. But as far as the quarterback, I think they hope he can make it because he makes a lot of other clutch throws. Like he's 
look, he's a starting quarterback in the NFL, but he's not an elite starting quarterback and he's never going to be an elite starting quarterback. And so to expect him to be an elite starting quarterback, I think is expect expecting out of his range. So are you willing to, you know, what does that tell you? Like, are are you willing to like take a average quarterback and try and upgrade? Are you willing to take that gamble? Cause you you know, you don't know. They don't always turn into Josh Allen. Right. I don't know. Um, But I, I think you've kind of seen, I don't know if golf is capable of making that throw. And so, yeah, yeah it's, I think we've seen the, the ceiling of, of Jared Goff. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Cause golf is not playing bad football right now. He had no. that kind of that middle of the season stretch where he had seven turnovers in oh, three yeah. games yeah. or whatever, yep. but he's rebounded nicely from that. He's played, mm-hmm. he's strung together some nice games in this winning streak, mm-hmm. but games like Thursdays are the norm when you are a contender. And you're playing a, mm-hmm. a contender. Yeah, Games are going to come down to the last minute. Everything is going to be on the shoulders of your, your coaching staff and the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And you need a quarterback to elevate you. And I just don't know if Jared Goff does that. And I don't want to call him a game manager because it's more than that. But mm-hmm. he's been in, he's been here for 30 some games or whatever now. And he's led one game winning drive. Minnesota. Minnesota. And that's it. And and granted, he hasn't had a ton of opportunities, but he's had some. And mm-hmm. he had an opportunity on Thursday, and he drove him down the field. But when they put the game in his hands, him and Chark couldn't connect. And I don't want to put it all on golf because obviously Chark didn't didn't see the ball right away, right? Like he's calling for the ball. Chark is raising his arm for the ball when the ball is already halfway to him. Mm-hmm. So there was some sort of miscommunication there. Golf. Yep did say he wish he threw a better ball, which is that something any quarterback that doesn't play for the Jets is going to say. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I just, I, there there's an, there's an argument to be made that the, the grass is not always greener and that sure. golf, golf is a, I don't know, QB 12 to 18, somewhere in that range. Yep. And, and maybe that's not something, you can win football games with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can win championships with games like that, with with quarterbacks like that. Yeah, now look, you. It, it right now, the Lions don't have the talent around them to have an average quarterback Correct. and win tough games. Right. That's, that's the combination just isn't there. But they might soon. Absolutely, 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 and I think that's kind of what they're trying to figure out, right? But you run into this danger of falling into an Indianapolis Colts area, right. area, right? Where you have a really good team and a middling quarterback, and then that quarterback can never take you to the next level and you're never able to really make that push. And, and so that's the cautionary tale uh, if you're in the I want to keep Jared Goff camp. Yeah. At the same time, you are taking a top 12 to 18 quarterback and potentially disregard discarding him for a lottery ticket yep. and that lottery ticket, you really got to know what you're doing. And so Brad Holmes and company have proven extremely talented at identifying players, but they've never had to identify a quarterback yet. So we really don't know. Yep. And the only history we have of Brad Holmes with the quarterback is when he was on the team that drafted Jerry Goff. Right. And so it's hard to really say what, type of evaluation skills do they have for these these quarterbacks because 
the best evaluate talent evaluators in the world miss on quarterbacks because yeah. it's such a different game, right? And so it just depends on if you're willing to gamble. And I think, you know, when that Rams pick ends up being wherever it is, if it's in the top five, top, top right? Five. If it's top five and you're sitting there and you're staring at potentially one of the two really good defensive players or one of the two really good quarterbacks, you're really going to have to figure out which direction do we want to go? Do we want to continue to build and run with a middling $30 million quarterback or do we want to take the gamble? And are we at that stage to take the gamble to move the team forward? And uh, that's a, that's an answer. I don't quite know right it's now. A tough question. Now, yeah. My, ideally we figure it out over the next four months, but right, right now I don't know. And part it's part of me. Why, why I feel like maybe the half measure is to keep golf around for another year and draft a quarterback. It depends on who it is, but yeah, that's a, that's an option. Right. Because you'll, you'll give Jared Goff one last chance and, and also mm-hmm. a swift kick in the pants. Like, Hey, we got a mm-hmm. rookie quarterback now. Like this is do or do or die for you. Mm-hmm. And then you also have your rookie quarterback. <laughs> like you have, you have both. And the the downside to that is you still have that $30 million contract on your books instead of it only being yeah. 10 million if you get rid of him. But in a quarterback with not a lot of confidence because you drafted his replacement. Sure. Well, but it really, I, but I mean, here's the yeah. thing. If if that sort of thing affects Jared Goff as much as as some think it might, and and I kind of fall in that company too. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you need to be able to respond to pressure, not crumble to pressure. And if you well, can't, and if you crumble we, pressure, then you're not our guy. What do we know about him though? You know what I mean? Like, okay, look, if you're drafting, if you take a quarterback in that top five, if you're going into the mindset with I've got a top five pick. And I'm going to try and get one of these quarterbacks, even if it means trading up to get one of them. If yeah. you're going in with that mindset, you, you've already you've already moved on from Jared Goff, right? Also true. Yeah. Um, if you're saying, "Hey, I'm willing to uh, draft Levis, uh, uh, Levis, and, and try and figure out, you know, if he's the right," I, I still think if you're taking a quarterback in that first, you're going to end up. You've already probably made that decision to move on from Jared right. Goff, and you've probably done that before his uh, bonus kicks in in March, right? So, like, yeah. a lot of we're going to learn a lot about what their plan is, uh, depending on what they do in March. But I think if you're if they wait, and um, if a guy like Anthony Richardson decides to declare, and uh, they're like, hey, he's at least a year away. Um, you're probably still going to spend a first rounder on him, but you know, then you're looking at a uh, Trey Lance type situation where right. he's not quite ready, but he's too talented to pass on. Um, you could get a guy like Tanner McKee from Stanford, who's a little older, but like, you know, you could maybe get him in the second round with one of the, like your, your first second round pick um, that if you're, if that's your goal, um, I, I who knows what's going to happen with with uh, Hendon Hooker because of his ACL now and the age uh, but and all that yeah and the age right I mean like ACL age and then system yeah. he might drop to day three at yeah, that no, point and no then sense. and I uh, I'm right and so now you're like you're not that's not going to be your guy for the future if you're if that's the person that you're like if if you're a fan and you're saying this is the guy I want. Well, then you're you're keeping Jared Goff because he, he might not even play and who knows right. when he's going to be ready right you're, this is a this is a similar, yeah, okay. But regardless, it really it's going to depend on like which type of player are you targeting and and sure. and when. And so, 
I think we'll learn a lot in March. I think, yeah. and ideally, we'll know before March, right? Ideally, but, but I don't know. It, it does feel to me like the lines are at this, you know, Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes fork in the road here, right? Mm-hmm. And and yeah. I mean, that's always a great example to point to because it's like, okay, you have a, a mediocre to good guy in Alex Smith. You're you're making the playoffs. You're winning football games, but you need to take that next step. Okay, but it's not easy. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes isn't always just waiting for you in the draft or, mm-hmm. you know, you can't always trade up and, and just find him at whatever 10th overall or wherever they, they ended up getting him. But that speaks to the overall philosophy of you need an elite quarterback, not a good one. Yeah. And look, and you can run into the Trey Lance situation where you're in you're you can't get, you can't unload Jared right. Goff. Right. You know what I mean? Like with Garoppolo That's, or yeah. you could run into a Jordan Love situation yeah where he's just sitting there three years later because he's, he's not, not developing yeah. right or yeah right so like i don't know it it's it's tough there's there's really not everything comes with a, a risk attached to it and that mm-hmm. that to me is going to make this next offseason fascinating and and hard right. to predict and hard to criticize when we just we don't know if what's going to work out until two three years down the road that's the draft for you All right. With that long discussion, let's take a break. When we come back, more of your Lions questions here on the post-week mailbag, we'll say, uh, here on Pride of Detroit. Twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit if you want to watch us live. We'll be right back. And we are back here on the post-week mailbag. Myself, Jeremy Reisman, and Eric Schlitt answering your Lions questions. Uh, we avoided it in the first segment, but uh, obviously the third and one decision to throw deep to DJ Chark has been kind of the narrative for the past 48 hours after mm-hmm. Lions loss. Um, I know you and I have a, a little bit of a disagreement on, on the decision there. Um, so, you know, I, I wrote a whole long thing kind of debating the merits back and forth. And, and listen, I... I don't have a strong feeling one way or other. I see why the lines did what they did. I see why people are upset in general. I, I, I think the the aggressive move there makes some sense. Um, mm-hmm. you, it's, it's a perfect opportunity to take a shot because you're, you're going to get a favorable defense that's playing a third mm-hmm. and one. So you're going for a win in a favorable moment and you're trusting your big players to make big plays. But I also get that. This team is it was actually really good on short yardage situations on Thursday. And so a third and one is a very manageable down that even even if you don't score a touchdown on that drive, you almost guarantee that you burn the rest of the clock and prevent Josh Allen from coming back in regulation if you get that first down. So, Eric, is there is there a side you firmly stand on at this point, or are you mm-hmm. also kind of in, in the middle ground here? Oh no, I, I have a side. Okay. Um I I don't like the call. I understand it. I understand the the logic of going for the throat at the end there. Um, I just I don't like the option. I don't like the option there. Right. Um, I like the idea of being able to get the first down and then you have options. Right. You uh, if if you are if you get that first down, yes, you maybe have to use a timeout. Because you maybe you maybe run the ball, you get a running clock. Maybe use a timeout. That's fine. You still have you still have at least one timeout, and you have 
Now, three downs to figure out what you're going to do. If you do something on first down that gets you into like a second and short, you're back in that situation again where you might get a favorable defense. You don't know, but you're, but by putting all of your eggs in one basket, you're asking a player who um, is his chemistry isn't maybe quite all the way back because he's returning from injury to make a play. He's caught what two balls for 14 yards the entire game so far on the opposite end. You've been highly productive in, in, in with, uh, with rushing the ball, you've been creative in how you, you get things open. You've had really good third down plays where you've converted. And so I, I, I would have liked to have seen a better, play to give you a new set of downs you still have a timeout who knows what you could have done after that point maybe you still end up kicking the field goal but you you take the worst case scenario off the board if you get that first down and the worst case scenario is you um you're not going to give the ball back to, to josh allen with a chance to to win the game in regulation now look if you still kick a field goal to tie you're still you still could lose to him in in, in overtime that i mean that's that's part of the game but in my opinion, I like living to fight another day. I like giving yourself more options. I like being able – because I don't think that was the only chance to score a touchdown, right? And I know the time would have been working against your favor, um, but I think you would have had other opportunities to do it, especially with the timeout in your pocket. Um, so I I didn't like the call. And, and, and honestly, the you I pointed this out before. You wrote it yourself. They haven't hit that play yet. And they've tried it before a couple yeah. of times and they haven't hit it. So you're using a play that you haven't been successful on to push your chips all in on. And yeah. and, and that I don't, I, I, I don't like. To me, I, I think it also, it's, it's worth exploring whether a third and one run is automatic in that situation because it's, no, it's not, it's not. And, and, Notoriously, the Lions have struggled in those situations. Like I said, though, they were doing pretty good in that game in those situations. But mm-hmm. you're, you're down your two starting guards. Ed Oliver has been eating your lunch on the offensive line for a lot of that game. You, how, I mean, <clears throat> how many times was Jamal Williams tackled three yards in, in the back of the in in the backfield mm-hmm. in that game? Like a lot. They got they had a lot mm-hmm. of stuff runs. There are other options, of course, right? Like just a couple plays earlier, they had run the end around on fourth and one to mm-hmm. to Amon Ra for seven yards. Mm-hmm. Everything, here, here. but all, all of those come with an inherent risk. Like you run an end around mm-hmm. like that, you risk losing a lot of yards and sure. lines cannot afford to lose a single yard in that situation. Right. What's, what's the worst case scenario if you run it and don't get it? Well, you, you you're in the it. same spot you're you, in. Well, you lose three or four yards is, is much worse. The, the, the only benefit that you don't get passing the ball is that you, you make Buffalo burn another timeout. If, but I'm saying if you don't convert on. Yes. A run, yeah, it's the same result as if you don't convert on a pass. Well, You're still you in the same situation, unless you lose yard, right? Which is possible. Like, like I said, like okay, they, but a couple yards. It's not it, it, Buffalo okay. had nine guys at the line. They were they were selling out on either a blitz or mm-hmm. a run, and right? But but look at what you. I mean, but like what you pointed out with with St. Brown, like they use that end round. Like yeah, you've got you've got you've been pounding it up the middle all game. Like you have to have to have some sort of outside pitch. You have to have some sort of like. Why? But all those come don't with run rub routes. Rub routes on in that situation it baffled me. Like you, you pull up those dots again. You pull those dots up again. There was a whole left side of the field that you could have run a quick. You can take your tight end 
and fake block and drift him out. Like there's, there's, there's options that they could have done. Like it, you have all these two point conversion plays in sure. your pocket. I'm yeah. sure yeah. this is a two point conversion play. Like, like you can use that because you're trying to get the same thing. Right. Yeah. So in my, it, it, for me, putting all of your eggs in a basket that hasn't worked yet and expecting it to work. Hey, look, imagine, imagine that's you have fair, a, that's fair, a basket I, with no bottom and you just keep throwing eggs in it. But the problem is like, every, maybe, every the, play, maybe the bottom will be there this time. Every play is, is an all or nothing on a third and one. It, it just is. No, it's no. Well, no, it doesn't have to be. You can live <laughs> to fight it another day. Well, let me, you can like, let me ask you this. Do you think it was mm-hmm. a mistake not going for it on fourth and one? No, because that would, you should have gone for it on third and one. No, but like you should have done. Okay, no, the throw that play behind. Fourth and it's okay. fourth and one. No, you kick it. You, you're you either going it. You, you for it or you. Okay, I, 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 th- I mm-hmm. think that's a worth a worthwhile discussion that that not a lot of people are talking about. Well, go ahead. I mean, let, let, I, I'm not, here's the gamble. It's like when okay. you score and you go for two, but you're doing it from you know farther out, right? Like it's it's that if you're going if you're going to go for the throat on third down, why not go for it on on fourth too? That I, right? well, like, yes, I think that's it's this juxtaposition. Right, but that's the juxtaposition of of why I don't like the call on third down. That's fair. If you're not willing to go for if right, like if you're if why change your mentality on on the next down? Like if you're gonna if you're saying I'm making this throw because I'm trying to bury them, then bury them. Yeah. Then try it again. Yeah. Right. Don't, don't, don't take another because shot you're on fourth and one. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just think it's interesting that you know you, you're putting your trust into Badgley, a guy who just missed a 29 yard field, a guy that four or five weeks ago you wouldn't allow kick to kick a 50 yarder because you didn't think he was capable of doing it. You, you put well, the entire game on the line Jimmy and then win them, right? again. Like you, you go for it. You, you give yourself a second chance at one yard and then another opportunity to run the, essentially the rest of the clock off. But anyways, um, I, I, I would have done it on third. I, w- I, I would have just done it on third. I know. I know. Like, and then, why you- well, let's, let's say you, you run it, you get stuffed on third, but you don't lose any yards. Mm-hmm. Then do you go for it on fourth? Mm-hmm. I'd still kick it then because that's my mentality, but that's, but like, because, because you're staying consistent though. You're like, you've, you've got to be thinking about both yeah. plays, right? So, yeah. but the, if the you're only... going to be aggressive on one, you'd be aggressive on the other. I just, I just, I don't want this to overshadow both the job that I think Dan Campbell mm-hmm. is doing with the team and Ben Johnson. I thought, like, I thought these past two games, Ben Johnson has been at his best. There were a lot of really yeah, creative plays on own. Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and, and they, you know, they were in a lot of third and shorts. They were in a lot of, they were in a, they were three for three. They were really four for four on fourth down mm-hmm. on Thursday. Um, one doesn't mm-hmm. count because it, they, they took the penalty on a fourth and one when they actually converted on the fourth and one anyway. So like, I, I think Ben Johnson is, is really killing it. And so obvi- I, I'm, I'm assuming well, it was his play call on, on the, on the third and one. And so people are going to hammer him for that. But I think, mm-hmm. I think the offense right now is overperforming. Because of him, mm-hmm. because I mean, you look like the running game has not been good for a couple weeks. The passing game has mm-hmm. not really found an explosive um, degree to it yet since all the wide receiver injuries. Yet they're still scoring mm-hmm. 30 points ish in the past few weeks. And so 31. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I really think Ben Johnson 31 is, on the two prior is doing a great job getting guys wide open. Like there are some plays when there's not there's not a defender 10 yards within Amon Ross St. Brown. How does that happen? He's your only receiving well, threat right now. 
And, and, and I, I mean, this echoes to the game prior because we haven't really sat down and talked about the Giants game either. Yeah. And that end around to Khalif Raymond was the same play, essentially, right? The same concept that he did with Amon Ra on that fourth down. Like he's yeah. not scared right now to, 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 to throw off and against the grain a little bit. I don't, I just don't like going to a play that hasn't worked yet and hoping it does. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit too much trust in your players, which is a hard thing to really be mad at because you want to trust your players, right. To make the, the plays. And again, if it's worth always pointing out that if that's up, if that play connects, like we are going absolutely bananas right now because the Lions are on a four game winning streak and just took down one of the best teams in the NFL and have a real shot at the, at the, at the postseason. Yeah. But, um, so it, it look, goes. Look, the, honestly, if they execute it properly, that's six. Even though I don't like the play call, that's still six. He just golfed through it before it before Chark got open. Right, like Chark was open. Like he 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 had separation, and there was no over the top help. He was gone. Yeah. Uh, but but Goff was anticipating a different route through it on the outside shoulder and short, and Chark was just like, I'm just going to run past this guy, and so there was a miscommunication. Yeah. Um, the pair, when the locker room was open, the two of them were still off in the corner talking, talking mm. pretty much the entire time the locker room was open. Just, um, until Jared Goff like, had to go to the podium. The thing is, but Jared the Goff two of them were like, that ball didn't need to be perfect. Mm. That ball just needed to be in the vicinity to give one Chark a chance to just go up and get it or two, yeah. get a defensive pass interference. Like do the, the, the stupid play in the NFL where you throw it short and your receiver tries to come back to it and the defender gets in the way. Well, that's kind of what he did. That's kind of what he did. Right. But I he mean, threw, that was the if outside... it would have just been short and not shortened away, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's just, he, he went, he went outside. Yeah. There are so many different balls that could have been thrown there that would have resulted in the Lions winning that game and, and golf mm-hmm. through Pro- probably shouldn't have called it because you know he can't make that throw. But he, there's, ah, stop it. We're, we're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> we can go with the whole segment with that, and we almost did, I think, here. But um, Garrettson has an interesting question about some post game comments that went viral here. Uh, Taylor Decker in his post game uh, press, con- or press, yeah, whatever says this isn't the same interview, yeah. effing. Same old Lions. Yeah. Uh, he's the longest tenured mm-hmm. player on the team. It was seven years. So do, do those words carry a little bit extra weight knowing that they're coming from Taylor Decker? I'd hope so. <laughs> I mean, he's seen the progression, right? Yeah. Like in his time, like when was the last time they had a three-game winning streak? Wasn't that like 2017 Seven. or something like yeah. that, right? Yep. Yeah. So that would have been like when he was a young pup in, in the league still. Um, you know, second year rookie or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, so he he's probably hasn't really even experienced what what they have what they've done, and so, um, geez, I would hope that those words uh, carry some weight. My my only and I, and I hate to compare it to this game, but my only I, I think about the Chiefs game a couple years back when the Lions mm-hmm. were like they were what. Three and three zero and one or something going into that Chiefs game in the Matt Patricia era, they they take the Chiefs to the wire and they lose at the end. And I feel like we're getting a lot of the same vibes we got out of that game, where it's just like, okay, lines lines might not be at at the apex yet, but they're there. They're they're right they're right beside the league's best. Things are are headed in the direction. Once they get over this little hump, like boom, mm-hmm. contender. 
so the line, like I part of me, and this is this is the the wet blanket that sometimes overtakes my brain is just like this team better go beat Jacksonville because if they don't go out and beat Jacksonville next week, mm-hmm. th- this almost well, win against Buffalo is going to be so far in the rear view mirror that no one's going to care. The, the thing that you, that was almost a staple in the Matt Patricia era was that he could design a scheme against some of the better teams in the league. He did it against the Patriots, right? Beat the Patriots that uh, that for that second year, right? Did this against the Chiefs. He exposed the Rams. But he could not do anything else to save his job, right? Like he was terrible on a game-to-game basis. But he had that ability to scheme up plays again, or scheme up the play designs or game designs, I guess I should say, against some of the best in the league. And he did it multiple times. Yeah. So – I know you might be getting those vibes because the blanket is uh, sopping on top of you right now, <laughs> but, um, but uh, I don't look at it like that. Like I, I, I don't look like he, uh, Patricia had those anomalies. Like that was just yeah. part of the thing. Like I don't, for this team, I don't think, I don't know, maybe, maybe they'll prove me wrong and, and they will be this anomaly team that can, you know, put together a few things and then can never take the step. I mean, that's what we're going to figure out, right? That's right. what we're going to the, find out I guess. over the rest of the season and into next season. But like, I don't, I, I don't like to, I don't think you can compare the two because of how the team is designed, how their winning games are, are different. Yes. This one game has a, a lot of similarities to this other, but the lead up, to it and, and I think it's different and you know we'll find out if uh if they can continue it yeah next week in Jacksonville and I, look they're home for that game right yep. and so that's going to help things as well and uh if you can come out punch this punch that team in the mouth then yeah you're gonna look you're gonna look a lot more mm-hmm. legitimate than uh geez the Patriots game <laughs> yeah I, the, I mean the the, the biggest difference, I guess, and and uh, I mean, they were 2-0-1 at the time, so maybe it's not that big of a difference. You're, you're 3-0 in, in November versus 2-0-1 going into the Chiefs game, but it does feel like the Lions have played pretty consistent football over, in, in November, mm-hmm. including Thursday's game. And that's, I mean, that's, yeah. that's what you're looking for, right? That's, if you want to, I mean, how, how many times have we heard the front office and Dan Campbell say, like, we are not looking for one run at a Super Bowl. We are looking to become one of those teams that have been consistently at the top. And the way you do that is play consistently. And the way you win is play consistently. And Lions played some really darn good, consistent football in November. And that's the first time we can say that in a very long time. They were on the verge of winning four games in November for the first time in 60 years. 60. 60. 1962. Damn close to doing it. And... That's that's something to hang your head on. I know, I know, no one wants the moral victory stuff, but it's something. Yeah, I'm so tired of the moral victory comment. Like, look, progress is progress. It doesn't have to like just because you are talking about the team improving, it it doesn't mean that you're saying it's okay with the fact that they lost. Like, I, I look, it's it drives me nuts, right? Like <laughs> you, it things are aren't don't have to be so black and white all the time. Okay. Yeah. Like I can appreciate that the team is progressing, 
in a positive way, but also not like that they're down call. I I can do both. It, it, like just because I say the team is progressing doesn't mean I'm excusing end of game mistakes or anything like that. Like I'm Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to go down a change. Let's go back to the audience because I don't want to okay. get off. I, I don't know. Like you know, we we've gone long this segment, so I'm just gonna, I'm going to end on this one and <laughs> You're I end like on it, that ridiculous. No, 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 no. I got one more. And <laughs> oh, it's, good. It's another Thank ridiculous you. one. But awesome. okay, let's look at the schedule. Home Jacksonville, home Vikings, oh, at yeah. Jets, mm-hmm. at Panthers, home versus the Bears, at Green Bay to mm-hmm. close it out. Mm-hmm. How likely is a run of the table? Well, I think running the table statistically would be very difficult, right? <laughs> <laughs> because, like, like the chances of of that happening are are, are pretty right. You're going to run into a hiccup here and there, right? Like something's yes. going to happen. But I, I, Vikings I think... are are of course certainly very good. Still, yes. The, um, the, the, I think they're, the, they're the reason people old... are asking though is like that gets you to ten and seven, which is which is probably a pretty safe. You're in the playoffs. You're you're going to be in the playoffs mm-hmm. at ten and seven. Nine and eight, I would mm-hmm. say, is a toss-up at this mm-hmm. point. Nah, the way the NFC North, or the way the NFC is, but I don't, like, I don't think it's as much of a toss-up. Washington is starting to surge. The 49ers are starting to get good. The, I those think could, nine I'm just saying, in. like Washington and 49ers and Dallas, like those could be your three wildcard teams, and no one would bat an eye. I think most people would say, okay, those guys, sure. those teams are pretty deserving, and that's that's assuming that the Giants sure. fall off a cliff. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying nine and eight does not necessarily get you. in. I think it's about a 50. Sure. So the Lions either have to run the table or have one loss along the way to, to, so let uh, I'll throw those two together. How likelihood is five mm-hmm. and one or six and out for a four and seven five football and team, by the way, five and one is a lot. Uh, I mean, I, I think going six and out, you're going to have like, very very small odds of going six and zero. To be honest, I think going five and one, you're getting a lot better. Um, I think that's that's little, that's more achievable. But yes, like you pointed out, you're talking about projecting more wins than they currently have through <laughs> right. uh, twelve weeks, <laughs> right. right? So like, um, yeah. Uh, but I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities though, because Jacksonville's beatable, the Jets. I don't know who knows what's going on with the Jets, right? Who's the Panthers look like a disaster. Yep. Who know the Bears are going to be hard. Like they're going to be. They're just they're going to be hard. Yeah. Uh, and the Packers are going to be hard. Like Maybe. those division games are not are not gimmies. Like all three division games are going to be hard games. Yeah. The other three games, you're going to have a lot better chance of winning. But um, yeah. So running the table, yeah, I don't know. That's <laughs> that's that's challenging. Five and one is still going to be very hard, but five and one I think is a little, is more realistic than 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 six and zero. Oh. I mean that's that's yeah. I mean I Vikings Vikings game clearly the toughest game on the schedule remaining. Like no question. Yeah, but they could beat them. But they they but they can beat them, right? They can. No the last question. three times they the last three times they've played the Vikings. Yeah, it has come down to like a field goal, right? Yeah, or, right? or the like, Lions they, game winning touchdown. Yeah. Last year, right? Like, uh, and, and and yeah, right. Essentially, it's essentially come down to the last like second. minute, right? <laughs> in the last yeah. or second, yeah. yeah, right. In the last like three games, it's not like they're not going to be able to to go up and go up against Minnesota and, and beat them. Like they can beat them. Yeah, it's certainly going to be hard. And and Minnesota has had some some magic this year. The thing is, is you get some Giants vibes from from Minnesota still, right? Like, 
I mean, there was a Cowboys bit, game, but the Cowboys are, are damn bit, good. A little bit. I don't, yeah, don't want to be labeled as a Vikings guy again, but I here's what I will oh, yeah. say. You're never shaking that. Lane. I think I think week 18 against the Packers might be more winnable than you think because I think there's a good chance that the, the Packers are shutting things down. Sure no, no one tanks last game of the season like the Packers, except <laughs> one very notable backup quarterback game that we won't bring up. Um, and then the Bear the Bears game, I agree, is going to be very, very tough, assuming that Justin Fields is still playing. Yeah. He's dealing with a shoulder injury now, obviously. We'll see where that goes. That's but anyways, what a month away, though. I just yeah. think that yeah. that last three game stretch could be very, very three and oe, but the lines are, are going to have to get there mm. first by by taking the the Vikings down. Maybe, yeah. And I, look, I and, and, and the the Jets are a disaster on offense, but their defense is still really good very, too. You know what I mean? But I think so that not like I like it, those it, matchups better than vice versa. I would rather play a bad offense and good defense, given what the Lions' strengths are, than the vice versa. Especially because you're got a chance to have uh, a healthy DJ Shark, a healthy Josh Reynolds, and J Mo back, and maybe DeAndre Swift is is a little bit you know 100 percent getting closer. Oh, right. I mean, like, right. and if you get your guards back, I'm just saying We're, your it, offense. You're right. Yeah, you could be There's able to level return your offense to form. Yes. Yeah, you can return your offense to form a lot easier than your your defense is making slow incremental progressions. Your offense can go from here to here really quick. Just based on getting a couple guys back. All right. I'm going to go agree with cold. You. I'd rather face. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to take a cold shower here because we're getting worked up after a loss here. <laughs> thinking, still thinking the playoffs and all that sort of stuff, knowing all of us know that. Well, I, last I, time we, last time we talked on this, I said, I thought I wasn't willing to rule the playoffs out. And I guess we're still there. You and laughed you know at me. You laughed I, at me. I said, you know, going into the Bills game, I said playoffs are a possibility regardless of what mm-hmm. happens on Thursday. And so I guess I have to I have to stick with that. So with that, we're going to close things out. Uh, I think that was a, a bulky-sized mailbag podcast this week. Um, we're going to have our, our post-game podcast as well, recording on Sunday. It'll be up on Monday, so you'll get some more talk on Lions Bills where we talk a little bit more specifically about the game. Um, and then we'll have a big blowout 15-hour stream on Tuesday, November 29th where we're going to have a bunch of Lions-related guests, uh, a bunch of people you aren't going to miss. It's our way to close out Movember to make one last push to donate money to the Alzheimer's Association. There'll be more information about that stream on Monday on the website, or you can just go to our Twitch page, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit, turn on alerts so that you get alerted every time we go live. But 15 hours of Lions content coming into your way Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday. You don't want to miss it. But until then, my name's Jeremy. That's Eric. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you guys soon. It's chaos. Be kind. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.